Section 215 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 300. Blackheath, July 2, 1767. My dear friend, Though I have had no letter from you since my last, and though I have no political news to inform you of, I write this to acquaint you with a piece of Greenwich news, which I believe you will be very glad of. I am sure I am. Know then that your friend Miss was happily married three days ago to Mr. an Irish gentleman, and a member of Parliament, with an estate of above twelve thousand pounds a year. He settles upon her six hundred pounds jointure, and in the case they have no children, fifteen hundred pounds. He happened to be by chance in her company one day here, and was at once shot dead by her charms. But as dead men sometimes walk, he walked to her the next morning, and tendered her his person and his fortune, both which, taking the one with the other, she very prudently accepted, for his person is sixty years old. Ministerial affairs are still in the same ridiculous and doubtful situation as when I wrote to you last. Lord Chatham will neither hear of nor do any business, but lives at Hampstead, and rides about the heath. His gout is said to be fallen upon his nerves. Your provincial secretary, Conway, quits this week, and returns to the army, for which he languished. Two lords are talked of to succeed him, Lord Edgemont and Lord Hillsborough. I rather hope the latter. Lord Northington certainly quits this week, but nobody guesses who is to succeed him as president. A thousand other changes are talked of which I neither believe nor reject. Poor Hart is in a most miserable condition. He has lost one side of himself, and in a great measure his speech, notwithstanding which he is going to publish his divine poems, as he calls them. I am sorry for it, as he had not time to correct them before this stroke, nor abilities to do it since. God bless you. Letter 301, Blackheath, July ninth, 1767. My dear friend, I have received yours of the 21st past, with the enclosed proposal from the French refugees, for a subscription toward building them un temple. I have shown it to the very few people I see, but without the least success. They told me, and with too much truth, that while such numbers of poor were literally starving here from the dearness of all provisions, they could not think of sending their money into another country, for a building which they reckoned useless. In truth I never knew such misery as is here now, and it affects both the hearts and the purses of those who have either. For my own part I never gave to a building in my life, which I reckon is only giving to masons and carpenters, and the treasurer of the undertaking." Contrary to the expectations of all mankind here, everything still continues in statu quo. General Conway has been desired by the king to keep the seals till he has found a successor for him, and the Lord President the same. Lord Chatham is relapsed, and worse than ever. He sees nobody, and nobody sees him. It is said that a bungling physician has checked his gout, and thrown it upon his nerves, which is the worst distemper that a minister or a lover can have as it debilitates the mind of the former and the body of the latter. Here is at present an interregnum. We must soon see what order will be produced from this chaos. The electorate, I believe, will find the want of Comte Fleming, for he certainly had abilities, and was as sturdy and inexorable as a minister at the head of the finances ought always to be. When you see Comtesse Fleming, which I suppose cannot be for some time, pray make her Lady Chesterfield's and my compliments of condolence. You say that Dresden is very sickly. I am sure London is at least as sickly now, 
for there reigns an epidemical distemper, called by the genteel name of l'influenza. It is a little fever, of which scarcely anybody dies, and it generally goes off with a little looseness. I have escaped it, I believe, by being here. God keep you from all distempers, and bless you. Letter 302, London, October 30th, 1767. My dear friend, I have now left Blackheath till the next summer, if I can live till then, and am just able to write, which is all I can say, for I am extremely weak, and have in a great measure lost the use of my legs. I hope they will recover both flesh and strength, for at present they have neither. I go to the bath next week, in hopes of half repairs at most, for those waters, I am sure, will not prove Medea's kettle, nor les yeux de Juvent to me. However, I shall do as good courtiers do, and get what I can, if I cannot get what I will. I send you no politics, for here are neither politics nor ministers. Lord Chatham is quiet at Pinsent in Somersetshire, and his former subalterns do nothing, so that nothing is done. Whatever places or preferments are disposed of come evidently from Lord, who affects to be invisible, and who, like a woodcock, thinks that if his head is but hid, he has not seen it all. General Pulteney is at last dead last week, worth above thirteen hundred thousand pounds. He has left all his landed estate, which is eight and twenty thousand pounds a year, including the Bradford estate, which his brother had from that ancient family, to a cousin Germain. He has left two hundred thousand pounds in the funds to Lord Darlington, who was his next nearest relation, and at least twenty thousand pounds in various legacies. If riches alone could make people happy, the last two proprietors of this immense wealth ought to have been so, but they never were. God bless you, and send you good health, which is better than all the riches of the world. End of section 215. Read by Professor Heather and by. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.